Second Kings and the chapter 5. And we're going to read from the verse 1 right down to the verse 14 of a passage. Second Kings, right there in the heart of the Old Testament. In the chapter 5 and verses 1 right through to the verse 14 here. Tonight, the word of the Lord. It says, Now Naaman, captain of the host of the king of Syria, was a great man with his master, and honorable, because by him the Lord had given deliverance unto Syria. He was also a mighty man in valor, but he was a leper. And the Syrians had gone out by companies and had brought away captive out of the land of Israel a little maid, and she waited on Naaman's wife. And she said unto her mistress, Would God, my Lord, were with the prophet that is in Samaria, for he would recover him of his leprosy. And one went in and told his Lord, saying, Thus and thus said the maid that is of the land of Israel. And the king of Syria said, Go to, go, and I will send a letter unto the king of Israel. And he departed and took with him ten talents of silver and six thousand pieces of gold and ten changes of raiment. And he brought the letter to the king of Israel, saying, Now when this letter is come unto thee, behold, I have therewith sent Naaman my servant to thee, that thou mayest recover him of his leprosy. And it came to pass, when the king of Israel had read the letter, that he rent his clothes and said, Am I God to kill and to make alive, that this man doth send unto me to recover a man of his leprosy? Wherefore, I, wherefore consider, I pray you, and see how he seeketh a quarrel against me. And it was so when Elisha, the man of God, had heard that the king of Israel had rent his clothes, that he sent to the king, saying, Wherefore hast thou rent thy clothes? Let him come now to me, and he shall know that there is a prophet in Israel. So Naaman came with his horses and with his chariot, and stood at the door of the house of Elisha. And Elisha sent a messenger unto him, saying, Go and wash in Jordan seven times, and thy flesh shall come again to thee, and thou shalt be clean. But Naaman was wroth, went away, and said, Behold, I thought, he shall surely come out to me, and stand, and call on the name of the Lord his God, and strike his hand over the place, and recover the leper. Are not a manna and farpa rivers of Damascus better than all the waters of Israel? May I not wash in them and be clean? So he turned and went away in a rage. And the servants came near and spake unto him and said, My father, if the prophet had bid thee do some great thing, Wouldest thou not have done it? How much rower then, when he saith to thee, Wash, and be clean. 
Then went he down and dipped himself seven times in Jordan, according to the saying of the man of God. And his flesh came again like unto the flesh of a little child, and he was clean. Amen. May God bless the public reading of his word. Let's seek his face again for a moment, please, in prayer. Heavenly Father, the hour has come for the preaching of thy word, and the need of the hour is for the preacher to know the powerful and the gracious and filling of the Spirit of God. We believe that there are those gathered here, Lord, in the sound of my voice, and they are yet out of Christ. And as the hymn writer words it held by many a snare, we cannot leave them lost and lone, but want them over there. Move mightily, we would pray. Save powerfully, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. In the great work of evangelism, reaching the lost with the gospel, there are two parties who need encouragement. And I believe that both lots will receive that needed encouragement from the incident that we have read here in the Word of God. Spare, first of all, a thought not only for the preacher, but for the team that are around him. For it's the preacher, yes, who stands in the pulpit and preaches the gospel, but there are others with him who are laboring, trying to get people into the meetings and to see them saved. But spare a thought for the preacher and his team, the bringer of the gospel message, because the task is a great task. We preached two nights ago in the text at the back there. Uh, it says, Woe is unto me if I preach not the gospel. When we think of the words of the Apostle Paul, perhaps the greatest preacher who ever lived, when he thought about the, the great burden of preaching the Word, he asked the question, who, who is sufficient for these things? And none of us are sufficient in ourselves. But the Apostle was able to say, our sufficiency is of God. And God often takes the weak things to confound the mighty. And I believe here that the hero of this passage is this little Hebrew girl of whom we read at the very uh, beginning there in verse 2. This little girl is a slave girl. She's not even named for us in the Bible, a book that is full of names. And her little name has not been recorded for us. But here God took this little girl and used her in a key position to bring the needy or the mighty Naaman to himself. The comments that she made almost in passing got things moving. And I thought of the words of Solomon, words that I love to quote and bear in mind, when he said, A word that is fitly spoken is like apples of gold and pictures of silver. And I draw the greatest encouragement from the fact that even the weakest evangelist can be used by God for his glory. And then let us spare a little thought, not only for the preacher, but for the reached, for the sinner who needs pardon and cleansing, who needs a new birth to enter into the kingdom of God. 
And what a, a message there is here. Because God, who stepped so dramatically, so graciously and wonderfully into the life of Naaman, can step into your life too, no matter who you are. So there's much encouragement in this passage. There's a number of things that we need to see. Number one, I want to point out to you from the words of verse 1 that no amount of personal greatness can protect you from sin. No amount of personal greatness can protect you from sin. In verse 1, we are given the credentials of this man called Naaman, and they are certainly very impressive. The Bible says there that he was the captain of the host. We read here that he was a great man, that he was an honorable man. It says that he was a mighty man of valor, a mighty man of bravery and of courage. His name is interesting. His name means pleasantness. And I'm putting to you that that is somewhat unusual for a man of war, because war tends to coarsen men, and it tends to make them rough at times. But Naaman is the exception. And he was so honorable that this little slave girl, the one whom uh, he, or the one whom had been plucked out of her home by this man and his armies, brought from her mum and dad into his company to serve him. It's very evident that she had a great love for him. And that tells us something about Naaman. But there is, of course, the fly in the ointment here, isn't there? There's a little fox that has devastated the vine. For when you read verse 1, and you're starting to warm to this man, and you get to these words, he was also a mighty man of valor. Then we have those words that just turn the whole thing on its head. It says, but he was a leper. And here the landscape greatly changes. Here's a man who is dying slowly but surely. And he is dying slowly but surely of a most loathsome disease. When a man contacted uh, leprosy or contracted leprosy, his flesh was rotting on the bone. Here is a man who was unfit, uh, an unclean and unfit for human company. It was required of the leper when he would be walking down the street and if he was being approached by people, he would have to cry out, unclean, unclean, and get them to stay at length from him. He was a danger to public health. Here's a man as best as were in the past. Here's a man whose present was very bleak indeed. His future, unless there was a divine intervention, was dark. And whilst leprosy of the body is bad, you would wish it on no one, yet it is nothing to the leprosy of the soul. Because this leprosy here is a great description, a very avid description of sin. And all have it. All have it. We've all sinned. We've all come short of the glory of God. 
And we know that sin is a killer. You know, no one would have laughed when the dread giveaway spot appeared in Naaman's body. Maybe it appeared, he went down to the doctor, or to the priest in those days, and he would have confirmed what Naaman did not want to hear. Naaman, you have leprosy. Naaman, your days are numbered. Naaman, you're going to die of your leprosy. And yet such is the depravity of man. Nobody laughed when that uh, uh, dread spot would have appeared, but such is the depravity of the human heart. The people laugh at sin, shrug their shoulders at sin. The Bible says it's the fool who mocks at sin. And therefore, no matter how outwardly noble we might be, the Bible says that we cannot escape the fact we're all spiritual lepers. Isaiah 64, verse 6 says, For we are all as an unclean thing. It's the language that is used of the leper. We are all as an unclean thing. We do fade as a leaf. Our iniquities, like the wind, have carried us away. And I have no doubt that Naaman could mask his sickness for some time. He would be able maybe to put more clothing upon him. He'd be able to put all deodorants and all that thing to keep the horrible smell down. And no doubt there were many a thing that he could do to mask that sickness. But here's the reality. There was no human cure. There was no human cure. There's no human cure sin. Sin can be, can be restrained. That's why we have laws. That's why there's people who won't steal, won't murder, because there's a law restraining them from these sins. But the problem here is spiritual. It's the breaking of God's law. It induces guilt, and it eats mercilessly into the soul of every man. And that's the stark reality tonight. If, if you're still unsaved, then in the sight of a holy, sin-hating God, you've got the spiritual leprosy that's killing you called sin. We notice here, moving on quickly, number two, that there was only one remedy for Naaman. There was only one remedy. Now, had there been any human remedy, I have no doubt that Naaman, with all his greatness, with all his wealth, then he would have paid the high financial cost to obtain it. Because wealth without health really is poverty. And there's a lot of wannabe answers out there. But I say to them, well, don't you put your drawing board away too soon because you're going to have to go back to it. It is not going to work. You see, you can't afford. Maybe you have a little salvation plan of your own. You can't afford your chosen remedy not to work. Because the Bible says sin, when it is finished, just like the leprosy, sin, when it is finished, brings forth death. And if you die in your sins, listen to the words of the Lord Jesus. He said, if you die in your sins, where I am, that's heaven, there, there you will never be. It's a very serious matter. But I think this wee, this wee girl here is a wonderful wee girl. Oh, I like this wee girl. She did something wonderful. 
I see her as one of the wee chatty types of girls. I, I have this mental picture of her. Preacher's license, okay. I see her there and just combing the hair off her mistress there. And she's chatting away. Chatting away. And then she just happens to say, big sigh out of her, you know, I really do wish that my master, your Naaman, would go and speak to the prophet that is in Israel. She pointed this man to Elisha, not as a private person. She doesn't even call him uh, uh, Elisha there. We know that it is Elisha, but she doesn't call him that. She just calls him the prophet. In other words, she pointed to the Word of God. She pointed to the Word of God. And this is why, if you're about meetings in our churches, you will find that we preach the Bible and we preach the Bible only. We're very strict in this. Our opinions, our fancies, our preferences count for nothing. The moment a preacher leaves the Bible, then he ceases to be an evangelist. We must keep our nose, as it were, in the book and preach what saith the Scriptures. And when she pointed to Elisha the prophet, she was effectively pointing then to Jesus Christ, because it is to Christ that Moses and all the prophets, including Elisha, they all give witness that through his name, the name of Jesus, whosoever believeth in him shall receive forgiveness of sin. There's two things to note with great care in her statement there of verse 3. First of all, that there was power to heal. There was power to heal. For she says, would God, and that's her taking, not the Lord's name in vain, taking the Lord's name aright, swearing properly by the name of God, oh, would the God that my Lord that is Naaman were with the prophet that is in Samaria, for he would he would recover him of his leprosy. This isn't palliative care. This isn't where you soothe the pillow. This isn't where you ease the pain. This isn't where you make, uh, uh, bring comfort and make comfortable the one who is departing this life. No, this wee lass is convinced. She is convinced, to borrow the language of the New Testament, that our Lord Jesus Christ was able to save to the uttermost all who come on to God by him. There's power to save you today. The gospel of Jesus Christ is the power of God on the salvation to everyone that believeth. But she's convinced of something else. She is convinced that not only that, Eli uh, uh, that Elisha could heal, but that Elisha would heal. She says, send him down, and he will heal him. And never doubt tonight, never you doubt in your darkest hour, the willingness of the Lord Jesus to save the sinner. Yes, often sinners are unwilling to be saved, but the Lord Jesus is always willing to pardon and to cleanse. Stood one day at the great city of Jerusalem, where he went to the cross. He said, How often, how often I would have gowered you as a hen gowers her chickens under her wings. 
but ye would not. And I love the words of the hymn writer. I sang them as a child. Did ever saint find this friend forsake him? I had those words, no, not one, no, not one, or sinner find that he would not take him. No, not one, no, not one. You might be a desperate case, but so was Naaman. So was Naaman. Leprosy is leprosy. Whether you have one spot or whether you have a dozen spots, but our Savior, no matter how vile, no matter how wicked, no matter how sinful your heart is, the Lord Jesus is able to save you to the uttermost. That's why He came into the world. That's why the Bible says He went to the cross. That's why He bore our sins, our spiritual leprosy in His own body to the tree. And that's why He rose again and triumphed from the grave to save the sinner, to save the sinner like you today. Oh, you need to come to Him. What else do we discover here? Thirdly, the natural man finds it hard and difficult to accept the terms of the gospel. Is there someone here like that? I find it so hard to accept the way of salvation. Well, so did Naaman. Now to be positive here, let's look for the good. Naaman did not dismiss her words as childish prattle. She's just a weak girl. He doesn't dismiss them as superstition, superstitious nonsense. She was a, a wee girl out of the land of Israel, and we, we all know what they're like, that type of thinking. And that's a definite plus. But you know, the road starts to get rocky here because man started to interfere. If you notice there, the wee girl says, oh, that he would go to the prophet who is there in Samaria, but the king of Syria, he got involved. And he sent Naaman, not to the prophet in Samaria, he sent him to the king in Samaria. As we were saying, he, he near rickets when this man came. Go and heal him. And he says, how can I heal him? Am I God to kill and to make alive? This man wants to start a war with me. And you know, that's a common mistake, isn't it? You see, there's no prophet, strictly speaking, no priest, no minister can save you. Naaman himself put excessive store by Elisha. He went to Elisha's house, and he thought Elisha was going to come out. All Elisha did was send out a servant. Elisha was very careful that he wasn't seen as a savior. That's why John the Baptist said concerning the Lord Jesus, I must decrease I must get out of sight that he might increase. All Elisha could do was point this man to the one true and living God. And the problem is identified here in Naaman's own words. He's told to go and wash in the, the river Jordan there, in the river. And this man said, Behold, I thought, Behold, I thought. Things didn't go just the way Naaman felt they should have went. Elisha did not come out the same. I've mentioned that. He sent a messenger. He says, go and dip yourself seven times in the river Jordan. And when you've done it the seventh time, you will come out clean. Your leprosy will be gone. 
And that was not the Naaman's taste or thought patterns at all. Now, there's no problem with thinking because Christianity is not a blind faith. An informed faith, it's an informed faith that appeals to the heart through the understanding. But it's for our thoughts to yield to the thoughts and the declarations of God. Remember what the Bible says on two occasions? There is a way that seemeth right unto a man. The ends are off of the ways of death. And Naaman's in that territory. Behold, he says, I, I thought. And you know what happens then? A man who has come so far, a man who's on the very doorstep of having his leprosy cleansed and taken away, he walked away. He stormed away in a rage. But he was still a leper. Said there's better rivers in my country than there is. We all think of Jordan, you know, we see all those lovely pictures in the children's books and so on, and it's a lovely little blue stretch of sea. You can almost see them at the on the sand by the side. It's just a dirty river. And this man got very upset and he said, We have better and bigger rivers at home. But here's the truth tonight beggars can't be choosers, and we're spiritual beggars. And God doesn't give us a menu. You want a menu, go into one of the little eating places there in Five Mile Town, and there you have your choice of what you want. God doesn't offer us a menu. There's only one place of salvation. It's take it or leave it tonight. And if you won't kneel at the cross of Calvary where Jesus bled and died, and you won't do it in repentance and in faith, then we can say to you tonight in the authority of God's Word, your sins are retained. They are not going to be forgiven. We say tonight, don't entertain high thoughts of yourself. Because the Bible says we're all sinners. And here is proof, if ever proof was needed, that the natural man, chained and binded by the devil, he will not receive the things of the Spirit of God. You can see this here, can't you? I don't think the wee girl's here, you know, but if she could just see this, her little heart would sink. It's all starting to unravel. It's clear here that Naaman is finished with God. He stormed away in a rage, but God isn't finished with him. The story here is still to be told. Notice fourthly here, compliance with the gospel will bring immediate healing of sin. Having already used almost the despised means once that is this little servant girl, God goes and does it again. Because these men that came with him, look at verse 13, verse 12 says, this man says, uh, he says he turned, turned away from God, turned away from salvation. He went away in his rage, in a rage. And then his servants, these are slaves, his servants spake unto him and said, My father, oh, note the tenderness here. If the prophet had done, told thee to do some great thing, would you not have done it? Have you told you to climb Everest? But I said, where's my boots? Where's my boots? I'll try it. But how much rower then when he saith to thee, just go down into that river, wash, wash and be clean. Wash and be clean. Listen, there's a fountain 
filled with blood, drawn from Emmanuel's veins. And Naaman, as we see him here, he, he stripped off all those clothes that he had, those clothes that covered his awful marks in his body, the rotting flesh. And in repentance and in faith, oh, the humility of it all. Here's a man, he went down into the river. Do you see him just fighting his way down into that river? And he goes down, and he plunges up and down. You can count them seven times. And it might be, you know, that there were folk there, and they sneered at him. Maybe he caught their eye, and they sort of said to him, go on, make an idiot out of yourself. Make a fool out of yourself. Go on. It's not going to work. Skeptics were there. Maybe they jeered and heckled him. But here's a sinner who meant business with God. Here's a man who realizes, I have a soul to be saved. And a few sneers and jeers would not keep him out of heaven. What happened on that seventh dip? People were counting. And that seventh dip up, he came again, not with rotten, hanging, loathsome flesh. But listen to what the Bible says there in verse 14. His flesh came again. He went down. He dipped himself seven times in Jordan, according to the saying of the man of God. It's in the heart of verse 14. According to the Bible, the saying of the man of God, and his flesh came again. Take on to the flesh of a little child, and he was clean. The old preacher said, it almost seems as if he was born again. The flesh of a little child. What did our brother sing there tonight? There is a fountain filled with blood drawn from Emmanuel's veins. Sinners plunge beneath the flood lose all their guilty stains. And the Lord is speaking to you in this gathering tonight. If you're still unsaved, that spiritual leprosy has wrapped itself round your soul. It's going to take you down to a lost, unending eternity. And God is speaking to you tonight through his word. And what is he saying? Wash and be clean. There's no other way. Now, let, me, let me say that. There's no other way but this. Beware of sham physicians who cry, peace, peace, and there is no peace, who only heal slightly the hurt of God's people. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. We can say with the him writer again tonight, Jesus ready stands to save you, full of pity, love, and power. Will you come to him? And maybe you'll go away, maybe not on a rage, slam the door behind you and so on, say, oh, never be back. You might do that, you might not, but listen, if you go away, that's what's where the danger lay. It wasn't so much the wrath, the fact that he went away and he would have kept walking. Only these kindly servants said, all he has done is ask you to wash and be clean. It's as simple as that. Even the little children sing the hymn, If I come to Jesus, 
he will make me glad. He'll wash away every sin you ever had. There's thousands, tens of thousands there. Every sin has got to go beneath the cleansing flow. Let's bow our heads, please, for a moment or two. The meeting will soon be over. Just a minute past nine, so we'll forgo the last hymn. But let me say to you tonight, just where you're sitting in your seat, you tell the Lord you're the spiritual leper. Tell him you're the sinner Jesus came to save. If you want to be cleansed, the blood cleanseth us from all sin. Wash me, cleanse me in the blood that flowed in Calvary. And he'll do it. He'll do it. That's why he came. That's why he came. You come to him, he'll not cast you out. He'll take you in, he'll make you a new creature. And you'll go home rejoicing, just like this man Naaman did. A new creature, born again of the Spirit of God. Or if you want to speak with me, or Mr. McIntyre, we'll be around after the meeting. You wait behind, make your need known, and we'll be happy to speak with you. Heavenly Father, thank you for your help tonight in the preaching of your word. We can say that all human skill is vain, but we're glad for one who is able to save, yes, even the vilest sinner, for he died for the ungodly. He bore our sins on his own body to the tree. Bless thy word to each and every heart. Maybe there's a backslider among us that away from the Lord, the things of God, Lord, restore such a one to walk afresh with God. The great fountain is still open there for all sin and all uncleanness. And revive us, Lord, as your people. Help us to be like this wee girl. Help us to be like these servants who spoke up and spoke out for the Lord. And use the witness, Lord, of these meetings to bring many into the fold. For we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.